Thank you for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. We're currently walking verse by verse through the book of 1 John. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just wanna make you aware of a couple things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you can find out more information about who we are and where we're headed as a church. Once again, thanks for checking out our sermon here at Hope Church. Please let us know if there's any questions you have or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. Excited to be back up here, and um, it's an honor to be able to take God's word and talk uh, with you guys today. Um, I've got a panel up here on stage, and it's just kind of the stage panel here that I want to use to illustrate a journey that we all walk on. The journey actually comes out of uh, John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish or die eternally, but have everlasting life. And so if we were going to take this panel here and we were going to say at the beginning of this panel is the start of your life. When you were born into this world, and if the end of this panel represented the moment that you came on this journey of knowing who Jesus is and took a faith step into a relationship with Jesus, I want us to look a little bit by way of introduction at this journey. There are all of us who go on this journey. It's something that God did in our lives. I told you guys last time I spoke here that my wife and I moved here. Uh, We grew up in Texas, but we moved here from Vancouver, British Columbia in Canada. And we were church planners, pastors there, um, as we uh, were able to really engage the city and engage the culture. And this journey is something that God taught me while we were in Vancouver. He taught me that... um, There are a lot of people that are born and they may be 50 years old, which I could name names of people that I know that are 50 years old that are literally right here on their journey to a relationship with Jesus. There are people who are 13 years old that are right here on their journey to a relationship with Jesus. Just a little bit about my own journey, born in Wichita Falls, Texas. Born to a family, to a mom and dad who knew Jesus. That got me a little bit down that road. Does that make sense? And then, with every tooth that came in my head, my mom said I had an ear infection. I was that baby. (laughs) But when my mom would rock me and soothe me from that ear infection, she would sing the old hymns. And that got me a little bit further down the road on my journey towards Jesus. Then I told you last time we were together that when I was five years old, my 14-month-old little brother died of spinal meningitis. And so that helped me as a five-year-old start thinking about life eternal and eternal life. And that got me a little bit further down the road in my walk and on my journey to know Jesus. In the late 70s, my dad loved music, and he discovered that now there's Christian music. I'm going to date myself with the Imperials and Keith Green and some of those, and we would listen to that. 
records. <laughs> and that got me. If you're younger than 25, no, I'm just kidding. Um, they're about that big, spin around, no. But that got me a little bit further down the road as we listened to Christian music in my house. I remember as a child going to VBS and different children's ministries and hearing about the love of God for me as a child. And that got me a little bit further down the road in my journey to know Jesus. And I remember my parents getting divorced when I was eight years old and God reminding me of his sovereignty and how he's holding me and how he's got this and that taking me a little bit further down the road in my journey with Jesus. And I remember hearing about the love of God and my pastor giving a clear gospel message of, of knowing that, of telling me and communicating to me that Jesus died and paid the penalty for my sin and rose again three days later. And that got me a little bit further down the journey in my relationship with Jesus. And I remember the day that I responded to that. I remember the day that God was stirring in my heart, wooing me, drawing me to him, telling me that he first loved me and that he desires for me to love him back. And now he surrendered his son to pay the penalty for my sin. And he's asking me to surrender my life by taking a faith step into a relationship with him, not really knowing what all that meant or all that looked like, but being able to take that faith step, trusting that he was going to hold me, that he was going to catch me, that he was there for me. And I don't know where you are. There are a lot of people. Here's the thing. A lot of times in our lives, and what I discovered in Vancouver is there are people all up and down this journey of life. It may be some of you that are somewhere on this journey in your walk towards a relationship with Jesus. You may not yet have taken that step. You may have even got up to the edge and been like, oh, I don't know that I can do that yet. And I'm here to say there's no shame of being on the journey. This journey is important for every believer in Christ. If you've made this faith step, you're already, as I was saying that, God's reminding you of your own journey and what he did in your life and the people he put around you to help you get down the road so that you at one point could take that faith step and say, yes, Lord, I surrender my life. I trash my agenda for my life and I embrace your agenda for my life. And you get to that point, but there's, there's no shame of being on the journey. And if you're on this journey today to celebrate, be excited about it because God wants to do an amazing thing in your life as he continues to lead you you down this path but don't be deceived there are times when there are all times actually when the enemy says I don't want you going any further on that road don't be deceived the Bible says that if we die on this journey that we die separated for all eternity from the presence of God Celebrate that God has you on this journey. Celebrate that he's moving you on this journey. That he 
doesn't want this journey to be all you got. I don't know if you are perceptive enough to take a look, but there's another panel over there. That's where we're going. But here's the thing. When we step off into this journey, here's what we have to realize. Here is what we have to understand, that we become transformed. That we become a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new things have come. If you say, I have stepped off and I've taken that faith step, I've made Jesus my Lord, today you are transformed. Today you are a new creation. The old things have passed away and the new things have come. You're born again, John 3, 3. Jesus replied to Nicodemus, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. We're made holy, heirs, sons and daughters of God. John chapter 1, verse 12 says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, who made that faith step out of this journey into a relationship with him, you have, you've been given the right to become children of God. Verse 13 They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that only comes from God. All the guilt, you step off there, all the guilt is erased, all the shame is erased, our old selves are put away, and we become new, and we are born again, ready to start a new journey. A journey we were created to live on on this earth. John 10.10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life abundantly. Notice he didn't say life eternally. He said that in other times. Jesus did. But he's wanted us to say life abundantly because that's this. And so it's with this that we peek into 1 John Chapter 5, continuing our series in 1 John 5, because 1 John 5, 1 through 5, talks about some steps on this journey that we can take as believers in Christ. You may say, Jeff, Jeff, wait a minute, wait a minute, I'm still over here, man, don't leave me behind. That's okay. Here's the thing. The greatest part about this morning is you can be right here looking over there going, hey, yeah, tell me, what does that look like? And the Bible tells us that. We're going to read about it. So even if you're over here, here's the greatest thing about it. We're giving you a sneak peek, a preview, a trailer to go there. And should the Spirit of God this morning stir in you and draw you to a place where you say, yes, I'm stepping in, you know what you're stepping into. 1 John chapter 5, verse 1 says this, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ, is born of God. And whoever loves the Father, loves the child born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. 
For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one that overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. At the beginning of this new life comes that first realization. You step in to the real life. You have this realization that says, oh my goodness, you are born of God by believing that Jesus is Lord. You have that realization. You're like, oh, wow. I'm born of God. You're looking back at your, your previous journey and you're like, wow. Look at all that happened right here as you transformed me, as you made me a new creation, and I've stepped in, and you have made me born again. It's the realization on that first step of your journey to say, yes, I believe that Jesus is Lord. We saw that in 1 John 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. See, guys, that's the start. That's the realization, the belief that Jesus is who he says he is. And I said is on purpose, not was. The belief that he paid the penalty for your sins. And I said paid on purpose because that is past tense. He paid it, finished it, final, it's over. The belief that he rose again three days later after his death and he defeated sin and death. We claim that. That's the belief. That's where this journey starts to say, yes, that's me. I'm claiming it. I'm born again. I believe, Jesus, you're everything you say that you are. And then we take that next step. What's that next step? Loving God means loving other Jesus followers. See, here, here's the thing. We make that step, and we're like, man, isn't that awesome? You're talking to yourself, and that's so incredible. Man, God, you brought me from that journey. You transformed me. Now I'm claiming that I am born of you. I'm stepping out. And then you look up, and you realize, wait, there are other people on this journey over here. And you're excited about it and you see people and you're, you're identifying similar stages of life and walking together and you start thinking, you're like, man, God, you did that in my life and now all of a sudden the reality hits that you've done that in other people's lives too. Some of them, you start looking around. Some of them are right next to you. You're like, hey, we're right here on the beginning of our journey. Isn't this awesome? And then some of them are like up here. And you're like, man, how long have they been with Jesus? That is awesome. And you're looking at those people saying, hey, help me get to you. And you're up here and you're going, hey, I can help you get to me. This is awesome. Let's grow together in our journey. Let me provide some wisdom, some discernment, some experiences. But there are times whenever we get on this journey and we forget. 
We forget all that God did over there. We forget all that God did over there in our lives. And when we forget all that God did over there to get us to that and all that God did here to get us to here, and when we get here and we forget all those things because that is what we do as humans, we forget. You know what that does? It makes us forget that we need to be loving each other. It makes us forget that they were on that journey and got transformed by Jesus too. And when we forget all that, the love that we have for our brothers and sisters in Christ starts to fade away because we forget all that God did in your life and all that God did in their lives. And we miss it. We absolutely miss it. And it gets to the central idea of this passage that says, want us to get, kind of get our, our heads around this, what a Jesus follower believes is shown in how a Jesus follower behaves. Because if you walk this journey and you did all this and Jesus did all this in your life and you surrendered and he made you new and he made you born again and he gave you a new creation and the old things passed away and behold, all things are new and you're saying yes to Jesus, I believe in all that you say you are and then you take this step and you're like, okay, I'm loving all of these other Jesus followers. You know what? What you believe is shown how you behave. So you start this new journey, you're born of God, believing that Jesus is Lord, remembering all he's done for you and loving God. And and then we get to the next thing. Loving God, so we're here on this journey. Loving God means loving other followers of Jesus. And the next step is God's commandments show his love for us. And keeping those commandments is not burdensome. We see that in 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and observe his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Again, what a Jesus follower believes is shown in how a Jesus follower behaves. So that next step in our journey as Jesus followers is realizing that Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 36 through 40, he's asked a question in verse 36. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Check this out, verse 40. The entire law, Old Testament, and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. We are to love God and love people. Now let me stop right here, okay? We've gotten a lot of questions during this series because a lot of the stuff we're saying is we're on this journey and we want you to love one another. I mean, I think you guys are probably tired of hearing us say in about eight different ways over the last 
eight different weeks on how love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. Okay, I get that, I understand that. But still, every single week, we have people saying, okay, I get it, we're supposed to love one another. But what about those people? Can I just stop right here, commercial break, this is totally free, not part of this journey, Um, you know what I'm saying? But it is part of this journey when you hear what I'm about to say. You know how you can love those people? By doing this. Grabbing their hand. And walking every step. You know what happens on this though? Here's the thing, type A personality, you know what I want to do? I want to put my hand in the small of their back and go. (laughs) That's what I want to do. I don't put my hand on their back, I grab their hand. You know what? Sometimes it's like the old country song. One step forward, two steps back. Nobody gets too far like that, right? Sometimes that's what it is. Here's what I realized. If I take my hand and put it in the small of their back, you know what happens? They act like an old donkey. They're not going anywhere else. And you know what sometimes they do? They throw an elbow every once in a while. It's not physical, but it's definitely verbal. A friend of mine in Vancouver, we took this step, and I was taking, and we went, whoa, okay, we'll go back, okay, that's fine. And then we got to this place, we're talking about creation, I talk about how God is, has created everything, has created all of us, and he said, you believe in a literal creation? Are you kidding me? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You know what just happened right there, verbally? <laughs> you know what you do in that moment? Take it, bounce back. Keep loving and keep serving. Keep loving and keep serving. You know a simple way to love people who aren't the one another that we've been talking about in 1 John? Because here's the deal. 1 John, all it talks about is loving one another within the church. That's the context of the, the whole book of 1 John. So that is a one another kind of thing. But if you'll come and you'll realize that every person that does not yet know Jesus in your life is on one of these journeys, and if you can kind of find out where they are on that journey, you can step in right with them, and you can just walk alongside, answer any questions, serve, love, do whatever it is, but you're walking with them. So we believe in Jesus, we're loving others who believe in Jesus, and we're observing and keeping God's commandments, all of which are in the Bible, God's word. So I don't have time to go into all the amazing truth about God's word. But here's what we believe about God's word, the Bible, right here. Here's what we believe about that at Hope Church. It is historically reliable, historically accurate. It was written by eyewitnesses, but inspired by God. It is without error. It is applicable to my life today. It teaches me the truth. It convicts me of wrong. It restores my life. It sets me on a path to success. It is God's primary tool in producing Christ in me, and it shares the gospel message of God's love for all of humanity. That's what we believe this says here at Hope Church.
They'll have time to get into more of that. And you're like, hey, I need to hear a little bit more of that. Did you know the most downloaded message on our website ever is when Pastor Vance preached a message in the series, God, I've Got a Question, and he talked about all of those things I just laid out when he talked about the Bible. We still got it up on our website. If you're like, hey, I need to know that, write it down. God, I've got a question, the Bible, and you can go and listen to that because it's an amazing, amazing message about the truth, accuracy, and reliability of God's word. But what I want to key on here real quick is this understanding that his commandments are not burdensome. They're not a burden. His commandments are loving. His commandments are for our protection. His commandments are for our freedom. You know, when your kids are young... When your kids are young, you say, hey, don't touch the hot stove. I tell toddler, I'm a family ministries pastor, so I get to interact with a lot of parents. And so I, I tell parents of toddlers, you know, when they start walking, or even when they start getting mobile, crawling and walking, it's like everything you're doing is saving their life. <laughs> They're reaching for the plug, the outlet on the wall. Ah, okay, no, we're not doing that. They're reaching up for the hot stove. No, no, not doing that. They're running out in the street. No, no. I mean, everything you do, literally, you're saving their life. So is that burdensome on that child that we're keeping them from dying? (laughs) The child may cry. The child may not like it. But what we're doing is we're being loving. We're being a protector. We're actually helping them understand the barrier so that they can live in freedom. And that is what God's word does. His commandments are not burdensome. So many people look at this as a book of do's and don'ts and right and wrongs. They're like, oh, man, what a killjoy. I hate this book. It's just, oh. When kids are older, I got one that's about to turn 16. Don't text while you're driving. Commandments are there because we love them. And we want them to experience freedom of not having to walk around in bondage and in burden of the consequences. Do you know what's burdensome? Consequences are burdensome. That's what's burdensome. And in this world, unfortunately, that we live in, people celebrate consequences. Man, I got so drunk last night. Dude, I was so out of my mind. I was just, man, throwing up. I woke up with this massive headache. Hey, hey, I, I can help you out there. In fact, the word can help you out there. A serious, serious consequence happened a couple of weeks ago. 
I saw in a, on my Twitter feed on CNN, I believe, or I can't remember, what, some news thing that I follow, the AP or something like that. And on July the 24th, there's a teenage girl. She's live streaming, driving down the road, live streaming. Loses control of her car. Her sister gets thrown out of the vehicle. Live streaming. You see the car roll over. You see they blur it out, but she's got the camera. She's high on something, the driver girl is, and so she's, she's obviously out of her mind, and she's got the camera, and she's looking at her sister, and all you can hear her say is, I'm going to spend the rest of my life in jail. I just killed my sister. You want to talk about a burdensome consequence? Consequences are the things that are burdensome. Consequences that when we look at the word of God and we look at his commandments, his commandments are there for our freedom, for because he loves us and for our protection. To free you up, to free me up, to live life abundantly, to live life to the fullest, to be on this journey saying, walking in intimacy with him, saying, yes, Lord, I love you, I'm walking with you. There are times all of us are going to break something. We're going to sin, we're going to mess up. When I say that consequences are burdensome, I'm not saying anything new to you. And I'm not saying anything new to me. But if you think the word of God is burdensome, 1 John, the book of John, the book of 1 John, and the author John is saying by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that's not truth. The truth is the consequences are burdensome, and he's doing everything he can to help us live in freedom. We don't have to live with burdens. Why? Because of verses four and five. Because of my faith in Jesus, I have overcome the world. First John five, verse four and five. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. You know what that didn't say? You, me, it said our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? Is it you? No, but it's he who believes that Jesus is the son of God. It's Jesus who overcomes the world. And when you believe in Jesus, you become an overcomer. When you were on this journey and you said, yes, I am stepping into a relationship with Jesus and he transformed you and made you one and made you born again and made you a new creation, he also made you an overcomer. And that the burden of consequence, the burden of sin is not something that we need to be thinking about or dealing with anymore because we have victory over sin and death, not because of anything we've done, but because of everything that he's done. 
And we are an overcomer. We believe in Jesus as the Son of God. We begin to understand he's given us people to live in fellowship with and to love one another. We understand that his commandments are not burdensome. And we understand that even when we struggle with sin or when sin comes up, we take it to the cross and we say, yes, Jesus, you've paid the penalty for this. And I confess, man, I messed this one up. But Jesus, you are the overcomer. You are the one who dwells inside of me and you've given me victory over this sin so that I can press on and move forward in my relationship with Jesus. You say, Jeff, what happens at the end of this journey? Two different things to think through. Billy Graham, he said this years and years and years ago. He said, just when I think I've gotten to the end of the journey. When I think I'm just going to step off and see Jesus, you know what he does? He puts another, te- he puts another stage out there. <laughs> he said, and I just keep growing and I keep going. But when you get to the end of that journey, when death calls at you, eternal life is at the end of that. Yeah. Heaven is at the end of that. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remembered last year, We talked about a whole series on heaven. Shook a lot of us up, didn't it? But that's what's at the end of that journey. The band's going to make their way up. And one of the things I want us thinking about is I want us to understand that you're either on this panel or you're either on this panel. I don't know where you are. You know where you are. And if you're on this panel today, please understand we've got a room full of people that would love to take your hand and walk with you on this journey. Why would they love to do that? Because they were on this journey one time before. And there were people that did that for them. To help them come to a greater understanding and a greater acknowledgement that God is in passionate pursuit of you because he was in passionate pursuit of them and he loved you first. As a dad, you play these little games with your kids. You say, I love you. And they say, I love you too. And then I say, I love you more. And they say, no, daddy, I love you more. They said, no, I love you more. And they said, no, daddy, I love you more. You know how I get them every single time? I loved you first. Because before you even laid eyes on me, before you even knew I existed, I saw you kicking around in your mother's womb. And the love that came out of me as a father, watching my little baby move around in my wife's tummy, it was just like, man, I love this child. I've never seen this child. I've never laid eyes on this child, but I love this child. I love that baby first. There's nothing my kids can say any differently. And I'm here to tell you that God loved you first. He saw you in your mother's womb before you even knew God existed. He loved you first. He loved you so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin. And then not only that, he went into the grave 
And he rose again, defeating sin and death just because he loves you first. And you know what your response is on this panel today? Is if God is to lead you and to stir you in this moment, it would be you basically saying, I love you too. I love you too. Here's my life. Maybe there's some people that are on this panel today and maybe you want to make that step today. Maybe today there's some of you, man, you're so struggled with your identity in Christ. And that today you would confess, you know what, I let, I let a lot of my people around me, a lot of my family and friends, I let a lot of them determine my identity. And maybe today you'd say, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm, I'm standing in Christ. I've made that faith step. And today, I'm a new creation. I am born of God. I'm a son or a daughter of Christ. And here I am. God, speak your truth and your love and your identity into me. Communicate to me how much you love me. And maybe you got that and you're up here and you're like, man, I'm struggling, man. there's There's some believers in Christ that I'm struggling with. I'm struggling loving one another. I'm struggling that whole thing. And, but Jeff, I've just been reminded today of what God brought me through and, and what God brought them through. And maybe there's some reconciliation that needs to happen there. Or maybe you say, man, I, those commandments, man, they're burdensome. No, they're not. They're freeing. They're loving. They're protecting Maybe today you'd say, you know what, Jeff? The consequences have been the thing I've been unburdened with. Maybe you just need to lay some sin down at this altar. Say, God, I confess I've done that. Will you just take that, God, and just clean it up? Because you're in victory because of all that Jesus did. And maybe some of you today are living in defeat. Circumstances of this life, your own sinfulness, your own burdensome consequences. You're thinking, I'm defeated. It's over. That's not the truth. If you've made this journey and you've stepped in and you've become a new creation on this path, you are victorious because of Jesus. Sin and death has been defeated. It's over. And maybe some of you today just need to say, I have been living too long in defeat. Even as a believer in Jesus, I need to understand that I am living in victory because I'm with the one who won it all. I don't know where you are today. You're on one of these panels. Maybe some of you, man, you're walking with Christ. Everything's rolling well. Here's what I would love for you to do. Will you just pray for people to respond to what God wants to do today? Let's pray together. God, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for your word. We thank you for who you are, what you're wanting to do. God, I pray that you would help us to respond to your word, even now. 
Holy Spirit, you move. We pray these things in Jesus' name.